And we're back. How we doing, Anna? Well, Todd, things are heating up. Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers. Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes. Beautiful formation. Is he? <gasps> He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the Duke's mayo. Look at it go. The twang. Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on. Tailgate with twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's mayo today. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for the 49th episode of the Podwans podcast. I am your host, Char Char J, joined by my co-host, Luke. How's it going, everybody? As you probably could guess, Harith Productions is not here because yes. he is a guest on Duel of Ranks, which you guys should definitely go subscribe to. Go check out their stuff after you guys are done here. Uh, I was on it last week, uh, but I'm here as usual uh, with Char. But, yeah, yeah, so so the reason why Harith is not here is the same reason why Luke was not here last week. So yes. that, that just sums it up. But today we'll be talking about Season 5, Episodes 10, 11, 12, and 13 of the Clone Wars, a.k.a. the D-Squad arc. We're going to see some Mieber Gascon. We're going to see some R2 and his band of buddies. We're going to be seeing some Separatist attacks. We're going to be seeing some... We're going to see some clone commandos, uh, yep. a crazy Celestin who works in a diner, and we're going to be seeing a bunch of different characters, and I am excited to cover this, especially yep. with our guests today. So, Luke, yep. are you ready to um, bring in our, uh, our, our people? Yeah. Give me one right. second. Never was made as Obi-Wan's battle. But you might make it as mine. And we're back. So our first guest today, we have, he has been on quite a bit of shows and roundtables for the Pod Ones podcast. He has been on the, the Book of Boba Fett Chapter 5 roundtable. He has been on for Hunt for Zero, Episode 32, Episode 37, The Trandoshan Arc, Episode 39, The Shadow Warrior, Episode 43, A Friend in Need, and Episode 48, The Youngling Arc. And the first time he was on the show, he was a co-host. He took my place for an episode. It was 21 Senate Murders. Let's bring in Chase at Ford into the black. Hello. There. Did you like did you like that rundown? I loved it. I didn't know I'd been all of those. <laughs> well, now you do. How you doing? <laughs> I'm terrible. I've had a migraine all day. I've been puking my guts out for pretty much 12 hours, but heaven nor hell can keep me from D Squad. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. When when we tell you that he is really excited about this arc, he is really really excited about this arc. Yeah, um, he will. Um, he's got something for the viewers in a little bit. But yes. uh, yeah, but before that happens, um, Chase, where, the, where can the good people find you on the uh, on the social medias? All over social media at Forward Into the Black uh, on TikTok, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can also find me with the Xanatos one one three eight. Usually once a month on Rogue Council, talking about Star Wars things like movies. Awesome. And our second guest today, he has been a longtime friend of ours, and this is the first time he's ever been on the Pod Ones podcast, surprisingly. And um, I'm excited for his debut, and it's happening today. Let's bring in Star Wars Scholar. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? Good, good. Oh, Chase, by the way, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? He 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 already did he that. Did he do that? Sorry, my dog's that. been barking this entire time, and I've been yeah. bored into to... the black. Okay, there you go. There you go, scholar. 
So happy yeah. to have you on. I think you are our second across the pond uh um uh guest. Probably. So uh it's yeah. it's great. It's great. Um you need more representation, more Irish representation, you know? I agree. I agree. I agree. Like British people. Well yeah, not we our cup of tea. Like, we yeah, like to drink exactly. we like to drink whiskey. We like to drink whiskey. Exactly. So Good bush mills. Good bush mills. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, we will have a third guest. It's Ven, uh, Ven Skywalker. He will be here shortly. He's running a little bit late, but we'll introduce him when he comes in. Uh, we're going to flip things around a little bit. So we're actually going to start with, uh, our segment, Star Wars News. I like that, but I think we have to do more of like something Star Wars ish. Mm-hmm. We'll have Harith we'll get something up or something like that. But okay, so on the docket first for Star Wars news, obviously Kenobi Chapter Five dropped uh, on yesterday. Um, but I haven't talked to either one of you about your thoughts about the show as a whole. Um, what have your guys' thoughts been as a whole on the? On the whole entire show. Um, wow, <laughs> that's that's most of my thoughts. Is wow, I've talked to a couple people in depth about some of the some of the things that have gone on. Um, it's very emotional, um, especially you know, more or less growing up with Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like. Uh, I guess spoilers. Uh, if you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen uh, episode five, um, the literal opening of that of going that no, no, yeah. that's that's Coruscant. No, no, <laughs> and then attack of the clones, Hayden. Just like it was, it was a lot to deal with. I almost paused it, like just like I don't know if I can do it. Uh, but it's been amazing, Kenobi. Rogue One and Solo have made this my favorite time period in Star Wars. Um, the time between the prequels and the originals has become my favorite time. It used to be the Old Republic, but now this this like ambiguous time before Luke Skywalker has been just my favorite time to spend in Star Wars. Nice, nice. Uh, Scholar, your thoughts? Honestly, much the same. Like, because. Well, I was born the same year episode two came out, so I didn't quite grow up as they came out, but I still grew up like watching the whole complete saga and seeing again spoilers, seeing Hayden in that first like five seconds, I literally shouted because I wasn't expecting like an episode two Anakin. And especially like I wasn't I was exp- I was hoping for cameos or like, you know, flashbacks, but they did the flashbacks so well, like made it actually matter to what the story they were telling. It was like the best fan service we could have gotten, but I overall think the quality of acting in this series has been probably the highest, I think, out of any of the shows so far, the live action shows. And I think seeing all of them, well, Ewan McGregor and Hayden back on screen, like they've just come back so seamlessly. And the new characters are amazing. Like I want to see more of them, hopefully, in the live action sphere. They should hopefully get more recognitions that obviously. Ewan and Hayden are, are taking all the spotlight, but yeah, 
very positive so far. Good, good, good. I mean, we only have one more episode, uh, mm. the season finale next week, which um, I will ask this. Do you guys think we're going to get a season two? I think you'll get a spinoff of anything. I don't think they'll do a spin. I don't think they'll do a season two. I don't think they need to do a season two. No, season I agree. Two is a new yeah. album. Yeah. No. I... Yeah. Season two of Kenobi is very unnecessary, especially with it being a limited series. There's no exactly. reason for it to be a, a season two because it's like, you know, we already have another. We have we have Kenobi comics coming soon. We got we got different Kenobi stories. Do we really need a season two? It would. We would love it. We would yeah. very much love it. We but. Would. I feel like the over under on that is like ten, yes, ninety zero or none. I yeah. think I think it's more likely that you'll get a spinoff for the Inquisitorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think. Sure. I think whatever they can't round off regarding Obi Wan's arc does not justify a second season at all. Like I think they should be able to round it off enough, and like you said, hopefully a spinoff at best, probably. Or maybe um, the Kenobi season two will be kind of shown in Fall, uh, Jedi Survivor, but I mean, hmm. it's like yeah. certainly wouldn't complain. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that, I mean um, Fall Order and Survivor are essentially like your big inquisitorious stories. Mm. So, yeah. Um, let's go to the chat, Alanis. Hi, Hi Alanis. Um, uh, hold on, sorry. Man, uh, Alanis is here. Pat's here. Kylie is in the background. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, Obi Sean Kenobi. He was on last week. Uh, go check out his stuff. Um, Saint Pat. Thanks for showing up. Uh, Alanis again. Well, Obi Wan stands winning absolutely. And then Brian, Brian with the beard. Brian with the beard. Bread. Brian with the beard. Bread. Man. Uh, thanks for hopping in, everybody. Um, He's only here for Chase and Scholar, yeah, by know, the way. I know, I know. <laughs> He's, us. I understand friend. that. I get that. I get that. I get that. Um, so, uh, the second bit of news is Taika Waititi was asked about his, like, how his writing process and everything is going for his film. And he was quoted as, I want to make... Uh, brand new characters, brand new stories. I don't want to have a retashing or have a cameo of, oh, this is Chewbacca's grandmother. Let's just go from there. Um, what are your thoughts? Because I'm really, really excited to see what he does because he is one of my favorite directors. I mean, he did Jojo Rabbit. He did Thor. He's doing Thor Lunder, Love and Thunder and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he did Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, he did a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. So I just feel like he's he's in a right spot to do Star Wars. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? I think if there's any director I would trust to do like new weird stuff, like completely branch out, it's definitely Taika. Because like Thor. Oh. Oh no! I think he was going to say Ragnarok. It was a. It was a good. <laughs> it, all right, so good. we have to take. Uh, a yeah. shot. We have to take a shot. All right, because of all the new characters. Did. We lost you. We lost you. We lost you for oh, uh, rip. 15 seconds. But Again, you're back. First you're of all, taken. There we go. I was just saying, like, <laughs> uh, it's like High Republic's my favorite era right now, just because, like, it introduces so many new characters. And, like, it ties in, obviously, like, their references, well, like, some references, but it is new in that respect. It is what's, in my mind, pushing Star Wars forward into the future because we can't go on for the next 
however many decades doing theater cameos like we just can't and if there's anyone i trust to like do new wacky stuff on the big screen it probably is taika yeah um as much as i am loving kenobi and i have loved the book of boba fett and i've loved the mandalorian uh it is time to move on i think we're at that point i mean we're getting an obi like you said we're getting an obi-wan comic we're getting another obi-wan book this year Mm -hmm. um and we have beat these characters to death for content at this point and i love them i know we all love them but yeah i i'm ready for someone that hasn't even been in a book or a comic before it's just completely brand new and is facing brand new conflicts and stuff like that so that's i'm very excited that that's the direction he's taking it and hopefully they continue to take it how long was neil armstrong actually on the moon when did europe start speaking english did marco polo really go to china curiosity stream is the streaming service for all things history plus science wildlife and more What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing's better than getting new characters in Star Wars and having their story be so good. Like, for example, like Iden Versio, she's just yeah. a character that was brought in a video game, and mm. she's beloved. And yep. now she's coming back to voice act a character in Tales of the Jedi. I'm not going to specify whom. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just the the the. It's like whether it be the Glup Shittos or characters that haven't been created yet, we want to know more about them. And yeah. it just makes me so happy. And then if it's in the hands of Taika Waititi, who is a very, very like um, outside of the box kind of director, he could make some stuff happen. Yep. And- I mean, I think I think that's why Nice the Old Republic was so successful 20 years ago is it didn't interfere. It didn't bump elbows with anything you loved about Star Wars, but it was still Star Wars. Uh, yeah. That's why it did so well. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're done with the news. Uh, usually we do that at the end of the show, but we're trying something new. Uh, we're all here for D Squad. Always here for D Squad. D Squad, baby. D Squad and um, D Squad. Uh, we've got fun things in store. One of our guests might even have a little PowerPoint. So everybody, <laughs> take notes, do fun things, uh, sit back and relax. Char. All Plot right. summary for the first episode of D Squad. Okay. All right. Luke, I already promised you this a few days ago, but Godfrey's yeah. coming. And this yeah. is a long plot summary, too. So you're going to get your money's worth, okay? Yeah. All right. You can't, you can't screw this up. This is sacred ground we're walking on. For you, Chase, yes. And for a lot of us. I'm hovering over the Leap Studio. So if you yeah. miss the same, same. All right. <laughs> chapter. Right. Oh, chapter. Five. I'm still thinking about the Kenobi episode, Chapter 5. Season 5. Episode 10 of the D-Squad arc, uh, and also Clone Wars, Secret Weapons. Are you ready? (sighs) Secret Transmission Intercepted! 
The Jedi Council has intercepted an encoded transmission of General Grievance. However, Republican, Republic intelligence offers have failed to crack the new encryption code being used by the droids. Fears escalate that the Separatists are about to mount a major offensive. Having located the source of the transmission deep in separatist space, the Jedi plan to counter-strike to capture an enemy decoding chip, which will allow them to understand the transmission and thwart the separatist plot. Wow. Minus 10 points for the starter. Uh, my... uh, Am I the new one to No, I think that was a lot of reading. That was awesome. That was wow. awesome. Um, <laughs> like, but, so, so we usually have notes. We do have notes still, but Chase, you brought Hi. something with you. I did. I did. Look at this. Uh, Microsoft PowerPoint, the greatest communication tool since the dawn of man has arrived on us. For those that, for those that are listening to the podcast, uh, I will try to narrate as best as I can. We have T-Squad. We have D-Squad, the definitive Clone Wars episodic arc. <laughs> All right. What is D-Squad? Now, D-Squad consists of the greatest assembly of characters within the Star Wars universe that reflects all themes that make up the story within this incredible universe. Um, I think our first note on this episode will be answered very quickly. Um, but we need to know what a true <laughs> He's even doing the pose. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is great. This is great. Meeber Gascon oh has the greatest god. character arc within Star Wars because he goes through incredible change from episode one to episode four of D squad, but he never stops being the same person. He is still Meeber Gascon. A lot of characters go through wild changes, but I would say Ahsoka Tano is not the same person she was at the beginning of the Clone Wars to where we are now with the book of Boba Fett. Uh, Luke Skywalker was not the same person that we see at the beginning of Obi-Wan Kenobi to the last Jedi. Meeber stays true to himself always. <laughs> Facts. That's facts. Now, who is the D Squad? See, that's a question nobody asks. <laughs> the nobody asks. Is... I'm sorry. We have first up, everyone knows who this is R2D2. The man, the myth, the legend. Some say now, that he is even like the main character. Of he the is the main character of Star Wars throughout, through in and throughout. Um, now, in the first episode, all of the droids get a major tactical upgrade. Uh, mm hmm. And R2 gets his advanced rocket boosters, which we will touch on as to why the D-Squad sets the pace and course for the rest of Star Wars here on out. And he is also secretly running D-Squad. Don't ever forget that. Okay. I just love that Chase is take, running take, this show. Notes. Me and Luke take are notes. just taking a break. Take this notes. Is great. Yeah. Next we have QTKT. Fantastic. What a great character. She is the heart of D-Squad, and she is upgraded with magnetic coils, which comes in clutch five times throughout the entire series of this arc. Um, 
This is uh, at least the most feminine looking of D Squad. Um, as we see, uh, George Lucas very much loves to conform to gender norms and just made a pink R2D2. Uh, but we don't hear anyone talk, so we can we don't want to assume anything. But QTKT is one of my favorites. Not my favorite, but one of them. Hmm. Of course, U9C4, the powerhouse uh, of D Squad. Uh, gets built in with a laser cutter that he does not know how to control at all. <laughs> but he's so good. He's such a pivotal member of D-Squad. Uh, there's always a little bit of hesitation with him, locking down his magnets. He never wants to do it. It almost costs him his life uh, towards the end of D-Squad, but of course he is saved. And But we can't forget about the sacrifices that have been made from D-Squad, M5, DZ, the battle station of our Lord and Savior Meaver Pascal. <laughs> uh, and he was just hollowed out and had his memory banks wiped. Uh, and he became the overall martyr of D Squad. Um, words cannot be said how important his sacrifice was to Star Wars as a whole. Um, and I hated to see him go. I, when I rewatched it, it was Obi Wan Kenobi has nothing over BZ. Wow. Then of course we have Whack. Whack 47, the the pit droid with a with a voice. Um you know, he didn't have any upgrades because any modifications would have been considered a downgrade to him. Um <laughs> he was he was essentially made uh in the model of Mieber Gascon. He was made as perfection. Um but yeah, let's get into the first episode. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me there's more? There's there's plenty more. Oh, yes. Okay. This is actually super amazing that we're just changing the format of this arc only because it's D-Squad. Yeah. And Chase has this creative idea that this PowerPoint will just, like, you know, get the, get the, get the flow going. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe I mean, we're still playing. It's been building up to this point. At, like, at, after yeah. this point, it just kind of flatlines. Yeah, it, like, I figured you guys would cancel the podcast. After yeah, that. I mean, it adds some flair, adds some humor to the show, and it's new. We've never had a PowerPoint presentation on any of our shows before. So, so as he starts talking about episode one, secret weapons. The moral of this, the moral of this episode is humility is the only defense against humiliation. Okay, so uh, Chase brought up a lot of good points about the creator George Lucas. He has been stated and he has said that this is his favorite arc or one of the favorite arcs of the Clone Wars. Why do you think he loves it so much? Here, let me, uh, hold on, let me uh, remove the, uh, the the thing real quick and then I'll bring it back in when uh, time comes. Sounds good. Uh, Alright, I'll you... go first. Sorry. So I think, honestly, I'm very generous with this arc. Like, all jokes aside, I do think it's heavily underrated. Um, I think George Lucas likes this so much because it's genuinely like a microcosm of kind of everything I think he wanted Star Wars to be. Like, it's just stupid, goofy, but it still has, like, genuine moral lessons. It still is hard to, like... You can joke about Mieber Gascon. He does have a good arc, or at least he comes to an arc of like kind of self indulgence and being selfish, so like generally caring about these droids who originally didn't really care for at all. Um, 
it's hopeful in the end, like because they're all underdogs. Like Maber Gascon's size gets joked about quite a lot, but ends up his size is crucial to the mission. Like whatever was thought to be a bit of a downgrade, I guess, was pivotal. Like all our little quirks and stuff are very important and shouldn't be looked aside. And I think that plays into the kind of underdog story that he very much liked to tell. Yeah, no, that's I 100% agree. I mean, if we if we look at if we look at Anakin, Luke, and Ray, and how we, all of them in in a way kind of come from nothing and go to everything, you know, we kind of see that with basically every character in in D Squad. You see it with Mieber. He doesn't necessarily come from nothing, but you know, he's looked down upon literally uh, because of his size. But you know, he becomes larger than life. You know, and we see all of these droids kind of like with the exception of whack, they don't say anything and we see them all develop. We see them bond and grow and uh, they save the day multiple times. Like they literally save, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan at the very end. And then, you know, we get characters like Gregor who like, again, just goes from a guy who doesn't remember anything about the clone wars. He's on this really weird void of a planet uh, washing dishes to realizing he's the greatest clone of all time. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, I think it's, I think that's exactly why he loves it is it's everything Star Wars is about in the most unexpected way. Uh-oh. Can we ban Pat? Is that possible? Are you allowed to ban people in the chat? Yeah, my, my respects kind of dropped at that. I can put him in timeout. I'd appreciate that. I think be Okay. I will note that. Um, Haley? She does not get a timeout. No. Correct opinion. trying to make face apparently yeah alana says maybe it was the blueprint for agent callus yeah. nope that's not actually right. well i mean it is, it is it's not one of my facts but this was a fact that i found that meber gascon was one of the uh concept designs for char char being char char yeah yeah mm-hmm. i could see that so i mean not agent callus but and you know another beloved character mm-hmm. another glup shadow so speaking of what chase was talking about where we don't get a whole lot of speaking in this arc. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Because they are droids. But they do have that kind of interaction that we see with C-3PO and R2 throughout the original trilogy and throughout... Um, um, that comment just threw me off. Sorry. Um, but throughout the the entire saga. Now, here's the other question: 
What do you think this art does to show the sentient nature of droids in Star Wars, and why is it so important to show that? I would I would make the argument that droids are often misrepresented, uh, intentionally misrepresented in Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. They're usually viewed as like almost a lower class. We've we've seen it in Kenobi, in the yeah, first and we and we've seen it in a New Hope too. With with the cantina, that, oh, we see that no dro- no droids allowed. Um, you know, they're basically just they're to Owen they're a commodity, but you know, Luke sees a little bit more in the droids than than Owen does, and so I think it's it's really important to see that like these are characters like each one of these droids has their own personality. They're all roughly shaped the same, um, but they all kind of have their own little nuances to them. You know, Wack obviously is a speaking droid. Um, but like he's a rebellious droid. He he wants to do things his way. He wants to mm-hmm. take charge in, in his own special way. Uh, so I think it's it's just so cool to see that. And it's like they basically only ever go up against droids themselves. So there's very little yeah. sentient interaction up until this third episode um, with this arc. Uh, so I think it's really cool. Like it's such an awesome way to tell a story. Yeah, I think one of the funniest moments in this arc was when Wack Forty Seven was talking to Mace Windu, and he was like, "He was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. I thought I had to go to the Jedi storeroom." And then he walked up to Mace Windu, and Mace Windu is extremely serious as he always is. And then, and then he's like, "Hello, General." And then he's just like, "Fall in line." <laughs> and then he's like, "All right." Uh, i just love the personality of droids droids are such an essential part of star wars and that's what makes star wars the way it is is that these characters they might not be they might not have a soul or have have a a life but they create their own life in a a way Mm -hmm. it's you relate to them but it's it's so hard it's so hard to because they're not an existing being and but like their purpose and what they do to enhance the main characters it's it's super essential to star wars and that you know characters like k2so why do we like k2so is it because of his humor is it because of his role with the the rebellion and cassian andor like there's so many droids that have such have such a bigger purpose than just being droids Mm -hmm. and just being bigger than their programming so i think that's one thing that we really learn in this arc Mm. i also think considering when this arc came out like at this point, really, the only really humanized droids we had was really R2 and C-3PO, to be honest. Yeah. Like, before that, there wasn't really anything. After that, obviously, as you were saying, K2, if you want to look at Rebels, Chopper, obviously, and I forgot the name, but, like, the Imperial, um, what do you call it, server droid that, like, joined the, the Rebels. Like, that one got humanized a bit, but... um. You like, mean AP5? AP5, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, 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 AP5. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... Apart from that, because you were saying by work, obviously work can speak, he's able to vocalize his uh, personality, but like for the astromechs, I again, can't remember the name of droid, I called the Death Star droid, the one with the laser cutter, because it looks like a Death Star beam. Oh yeah. But you can tell like even in its, I'm going to say body language, droid language, part language, it's just whenever it first uses the laser cutter, like in the first episode, like it just forgets to lock down. So it just flies around everywhere and it's just you can tell it's clumsy, but it's just those little things humanize it. And it's not like oh this droid follows programs because it's a robot. It's like it's given human emotions and faults, which allows to relate to it. You know, it makes mistakes, which helps with the slapstick. L three as well. 
good point. Yeah, yeah, like, great. The squad it, it paved the way a bit, like for you know the future droids, because we've we've gotten a lot more of that now, thankfully. Yeah, I I'd say yeah, original trilogy and prequel trilogy, like. Like you said, we had R2 and C-3PO, and then like you'd have like a server droid, or you'd have like a droid with a very specific task, and that's all mm-hmm. they ever fulfilled. And since since this, like yeah, we've gotten lots and lots of droids with a lot of personality. Even in books, like we have Mister Bones, you know, filling that void. You know, you have IDO and uh, an Alphabet Squadron that's like a a torture droid turned therapy droid. Dio, Dio is amazing, and, and Dead B, yeah, Dead B from. Uh, Kenobi. Yeah, it's like when not you a see whole, not a whole lot of talk, don't... but yeah. he, all of his all of his actions holding are... the hammer behind his back, like he's so one fallen order. Yeah. I just find it so cool to contrast in Star Wars when you see a droid that can't go inside a cantina, and you, it's like, what makes us love BB-8 so much? What makes us love R2 so much? What makes them stand out to us? That's like, is it because of their like their sassy nature? Is it because of like? how much they help our main characters is it just because of like the the stuff that they do just casually but it's they they're such an important part of the story like dio for example like we're gonna be learning more about dio and pretty soon with shadow of the sith but his character in episode nine it's like he's only there for a little bit but he just stole the show yeah no 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 no, thank you I mean, it, it's more for the live action stuff. Like, it, it's it's something that, like, I mean, Jim Henson perfected is like taking an inanimate object and making it like a living thing. And so, like, the puppeteers behind the droids that we have now have brought those to, like BB-8, like comes to life. You know, Dio comes to life, and they're just little puppets for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I think it's like props to them, kind of again for you know, D Squad definitely paved the way for a, a large plethora of droid content, but I mean, yeah. those puppeteers paved the way for all this stuff to be happening. So, like, I think droids are one of the coolest parts. Like, you get robots a ton in science fiction, uh, yeah. but I don't think they're this personality filled in any other media. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, back to your PowerPoint, Jace. Yeah. So let's just go over a few things in Episode One. Um, I think it's great that synergy is achieved with the droids right off the bat. I think that's something that kind of like what we were just talking about is like the personality um, being formed with these droids, but also you see they're working together immediately. Uh, And then we have, uh, I think this show opens up the potential for a extreme makeover for droids on Disney plus because, because of, uh, our lovely doctor in the beginning uh, having his mad scientist surgery. I think we can have his own spinoff show uh, where okay. we just take some droids we've seen in the background and then making them larger than life. So or when you that incorporated in the Yeah, so wait, hold on, hold on. Is it? Yeah. Are you saying that that is just the droid story? Yeah, it just, just, just like, just, yeah. Well, no, I think, you know, more like it should just be a reality TV show on Disney+. Okay. Plus. okay. Which, um, which I'm trying to remember the doctor's name. Is it Dr. Kubacher? Yeah. Bakker, yeah. And uh, but great point, Charlie. Uh Obi-Wan and Anakin would be dead if it wasn't <laughs> for him. Yeah. Had he not done the the modification to R2, R2 would have not have been able to save them in Revenge of the Sith. Uh so be thankful for D Squad. And also Mieber Gascon in this episode absolutely dethrones support <laughs> for the hottest <laughs> <laughs> I think we can move on to episode two. All right. 
uh, Char, uh, I have to two. go from that to, to <laughs> Gottfried. What? No, no, you don't have to do Gottfried. You don't oh. have to do Gottfried. The, you do regular, Gottfried. regular. Do regular. Oh, did you, you guys? Just, to... Did you guys not like it? No, it, it was just, good. It was, the last it was good, but like, we need you to last through the. Episode. We need you, you to last. Yeah, exactly. Did you tell me I stuttered. There was a stutter. You stuttered on the on the word republic. I mean, hey. if I didn't like it, it would have been gone by now. So thank hey. you. Okay, yeah. don't worry. James Earl yeah. Jones. Yeah. Come on. All right. This one's actually really short, so let me do Godfrey, okay? All right, fine. If you want to. All right. The next one I won't. All right. Season 5, episode 11, A Sunny Day in the Void. Secret weapons! The Jedi Council deploys a squad of droids on a desperate mission aboard a Separatist cruiser. Under the guidance of Colonel Meeber Gascon, the droids succeed in stealing a crucial encryption module. <laughs> now the Colonel and his droid squad must return to turn the module to the Jedi Temple to crack a Separatist code detailing an impending terror plot against the Republic. That's done. That, that's good. You stuttered, you stuttered again, but you stuttered again. But that's okay. We don't okay. discriminate against speech impediments and stuff like that. Hey, uh, it's okay. Chase your worst enemies are me on. So, okay. Um. <laughs> all right. So, uh, this episode's moral is: when all seems hopeless, a true hero gives hope, which is very, very important because a certain droid ends up being very much the savior of this of this whole thing and it's whack whack he he does an amazing job with helping even Mieber Gascon who's down on his luck who's down who thinks that he's not going to survive whack always seems to have the answer to hey if we try this or like let's let's like he just just keeps persevering whack is called just a pilot and yet is one of the most pivotal no uh, members of D-Squad. Why do you think they make this emphasis that he's just a pilot and nothing more? Bye, Char. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I think it's good that they, they drill it in. I do love the name of this episode, A Sunny Day in the Void. Uh, but I think him being like, just a pilot means he always has something to prove, especially to Meeper. Um, and I think the two, their relationship in this, as the two main speaking characters in this arc, um, really develops because he thinks a so lowly of the droids, and especially Wack, who is literally driving him insane. Um, and that we basically get the light side version of Pong Krell in this episode. Uh, <laughs> Where like he Not goes wrong. from he well no he goes from yeah. like they're just these hunks of metal That's and true. wiring yeah. uh, they don't matter if we lose one it's fine that who cares to literally they do lose one and it it clearly affects him uh, and so it's he is like that like goes from doesn't respect them to he uh, will serve with them basically in perpetuity so I think it's good that it, it helps drive that relationship between Wack and Mieber. Uh, yeah, Chaz, uh, Chase, you bring up a really good point, too. I remember that, w which uh, episode was it where um, where R2 was presumed uh, missing and Anakin got a replacement droid, R3-S6, mm -hmm. and he was extremely upset about it because he knew how reliable R2 was, but 
to add to most people, um, their astromechs are kind of expendable if they do come to a point where they're destroyed. So they just get replaced like without, you know, any any hesitation. But when R3 comes in the mix, Anakin still understands that R2 is a very important droid and that it's that it's more than just a buck and a metal and that that R2 is essentially Anakin's best friend. With that, we got Ven. What's up, Ben? How's, How's it going? It going? Uh, thanks for joining us for D Squad. Uh, you, you missed. Uh, you'll get to see the PowerPoint in a second. Um, yes. But where can the where can the good people follow you on the social medias, real quick? Uh, you guys can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram on, as Ben underscore Skywalker. Same same name across the board. If you want good looks at uh, lightsabers, uh, combat, lightsaber combat, breakdowns of all lightsaber stuff, definitely go to Ven. He's one of my favorite follows for that type of stuff. So definitely hang that up. But Ven, uh, so we're in episode two now. We Mm -hmm. missed the first one, which it's been pretty impressive so far. Um, uh, So the question was, uh, we have an emphasis on Wack just being called a pilot, and yet mm-hmm. he, uh, he, and yet is one of he's one of the most pivotal members of the D Squad. Why do you think that they make an emphasis on him just being a pilot and nothing more? That's a good question. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to remember who Wack was. Wack's the pilot. The the uh, yeah. Wax the pitch droid, yeah. Wax the pitch droid, gotcha. Oh, I get you forget. <laughs> the squad's gone. <laughs> gotcha. Um, if I'm not mistaken, was he just? Is he only just programmed as a pilot? So like, with droids, like, um, I guess they're not looked like as anything more as as far as like what they're programmed to do. I take it. Yeah. Or if I'm not mistaken, it, no. it's been a while since but... I've seen the arc, but. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Chase. More points. What's up? you you kind of explain uh what uh wax. Well, did, okay, didn't you just answer it? No, scholar. <laughs> yeah, scholar. Yeah. yeah, go go ahead and answer your. Give us your thoughts. So I think, I think similar to what Chase was saying earlier, just the pilot. It's like double edged in the sense of how the rest of the squad sees him at the beginning, as well as how. Wack probably sees himself because, like, I think the whole mission was very much banking on the Astromex. That's certainly what me, Brigascom, was thinking. Uh, that's why they got all the upgrades, I think. And they were just like, you just need to fly us there and they will do the job. And uh, Wack wants to do more. Like, he wants to have his moment, but I think he has the doubts and he wants to prove himself to, like, prove the Meeper, but also prove himself that he is just more than a pilot. And I think, um, if you want to look at life, like we all have our doubts about what we're doing, I think sometimes we just need to kind of keep pushing, even when everyone else is virtually given up in the situation. You know, it just takes that perseverance, and eventually you break through, you get lucky. It works out. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Char, oh, I picked him at the wrong time. Uh, your thoughts on Whack and why they emphasis that he's just a droid or just a pilot? Well, at that point in time, I was thinking, like, do each droid have their own specific uh, duty to the squad? 
Like, does does Wack have the the piloting capabilities? Does R two have um, you know the flying capability? Like, they were planning ahead for um, getting on the Separatist ship and getting the encryption module. So, um, obviously, QT had the magnetic core. R two had this. Um, BZ had this. Like, they all have. I feel like they all had their separate duty. And then I feel like Wack got the short end of the stick, but he was able to serve some kind of purpose to the group. It's it's like everyone's doing little pieces of the puzzle to create the pu- the whole puzzle as one. So I think with Wack being just being the pilot, essentially, um, I think it's like because Wack is very um, overconfident. He uh, he's like because like when they get to um, when they get to Abafar. Um, he's like, all right, I'm in charge now. Everyone follow me. So I feel like that's that kind of balances out his um his his cockiness a little bit with him being like getting the short end of the stick, but also him being like um the one that feels like he's in charge because he has arms and legs. So um other than Meber, but yeah, I mean that's my thoughts. No, yeah. Uh, I think it's very interesting that they just paint him as a um as a uh, pilot uh but speaking of uh brooke b dazzler let's shout out her shop far far away factory if you want cool merch shit from uh dc marvel and specifically star wars uh she is an amazing place to go get your stuff she does custom stuff she did my custom jordan uh darth vader shoes she has done the uh, Brotherhood t-shirt. Uh, she's got a whole bunch of stuff. So farfarawayfactory.com, farfarawayfactory on Etsy. But let's let's go to the website. Let's get stuff from the website. That'll help her out a lot more. Uh, but uh, you can follow her at underscore B Dazzler underscore on TikTok, farfarawayfactory on Instagram. And that is our spiel, Brooke, thank you for always supporting us, and we will always support you. Um, but now time for the PowerPoint presentation. Now All back right. to the good stuff. Uh, I think there's one thing you know, we kind of did miss, and it's a really important quote. Life is a void. It's the quote that Mieber kind of gives to Wack when they're on their own and separated. And the, the conversation they have there while he's going insane, uh, like genuinely <laughs> is such an interesting conversation um that kind of will bleed into the next episode but um he's at like a point of hopelessness and they have this conversation about programming versus training and how it's really just two perspectives on the same thing um as it's like oh you're a droid you're just programmed to do this and he's like well you're just trained to do this how is that any different so i think that's a really really interesting conversation that is very deep that you don't expect uh in, in something like this, where I think it is overall a pretty lighthearted um, ep- uh, series of episodes. It's not like we're we're dealing with Anakin struggling with the dark side. We're not dealing with you know pirates or anything like that. It's 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 pretty pretty tame for the most part, except for like some a few separatist droid attacks. Uh, but also, the Creamsicle Planet was only bested <laughs> by the Red Velvet Planet in the Last Jedi, uh, which brings me on to a subplot. We've had enough desert planets. Let's get more dessert planets. 
uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> Let's uh, make competition. That's a good Let's point. Yeah, like yeah. Tatooine, Jakku, uh, the planet, the planet that I can remember from Lost Stars that Sienna and Thane are from. It's another desert planet. Uh, Jellican. Uh, yeah, the uh, Pasana. Like we've had it with the deserts. Let's bring more deserts in. And also, those aren't comets. That was a pergol mating ritual. <laughs> oh man. Uh, that's uh, that's oh, your interesting fact for this episode. Oh, and I'm not a furry. <laughs> <laughs> but those birds did something for me. You're really wow. digging this hole, like fair play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that lets oh, me up to missing an actor. Oh my god! All right, we'll uh, we'll go to episode three. We'll pull the PowerPoint back up. Uh. But, um, uh, Char? Me? Yeah. All right. So the plot summary for season five, episode 12, Missing in Action. I am not going to do any more Gottfried. That was the two Gottfrieds you got. That's it. All right. Strunded on a secret mission for the Republic, Colonel Gascon and his intrepid droid squad successfully steal an encryption module from a separatist ship. During their escape... Our heroes crash on the outer rim planet of Abafar and find themselves stranded in the strange wasteland called the Void. Now, after surviving against all odds, our heroes must find a way home and deliver the encryption module to crack the Separatist code and stop an enemy attack. Nice, Char. Very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, where's Harith to grade me? Where's Harith? Oh, yeah, he's, not here. <laughs> he's, he's, ranking, he's ranking on Duel of the Ranks right now. Right now, he will be with us shortly. So, the moral: a soldier's pow- most powerful weapon is courage. Um, so yeah, we, I know it, I've seen Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I, I can see that. Good movie, <laughs> one of my top five movies of all time, actually. Nice. Um, so we get introduced to Clone Commando Gregor. We first get introduced to him in a diner. Where he's serving food uh, with a no, sauce. And he's, he's a dishwasher. Oh, yeah, he's a dishwasher, mm-hmm. but he does all these other things. But his story is very, very fascinating when we first see him. He goes from a dishwasher uh, uh, server to the badass clone commando that we eventually see at the end of this episode. So now talking about Gregor. Gregor has had um, one of the most interesting lives of all the clones. How did his time on on the void contribute to his story? I love Gregor with all my heart. Um, when we are done with this, I have quite a long spiel uh, about Gregor and the Clone Wars as a whole. Uh, but um, I think Gregor is so interesting because he's so far removed from everything that's still going on. He loses his memory and he, he removes himself, you know, not by choice, like as, as a soldier. And he just, he doesn't know anything besides washing dishes at this point. Uh, Brooke, you are so right. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he shake? (laughs) Um, but no, I, I think his time on Abafar in the void is is more or less like him being kind of like what that conversation they had in this in the previous episode about like life being a void. You're basically in 
in a prison of your own mind and he's literally in a world with seemingly no escape. Uh, Here's to holiday traditions. The ones that started as a quick laugh but are now irreplaceable. Here's to the recipes that require grandma's mixing bowl because they just won't taste the same without it. The Chinette brand believes in spending more time on traditions and less time cleaning up. With the Chinette Crystal Comfort and Classic Collection, we can help make your holiday celebrations better for years to come. Here's to mixing timeless traditions with a few new ones. Here's to us, all of us. To find out more, visit mychinette.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And so it just keeps that like going permanently for him that he's never going to get out of here. He's always going to be a dishwasher. He doesn't know who he is or where he's from, but this is it. This is all he's ever going to amount to. But we know he's so much better than that. And not even just like, he's a badass. Like he looks at this one guy who's less than a foot tall and these uh, five droids that he are helping him out. And he's like, I'm going to give everything for them because I know it's the right thing to do, which who else would do that? Like very few people would ever even consider doing that. So like, I love Gregor as a character so much. Absolutely. Um, scholar. I mean, Chase basically just stated my point perfectly, but I think Gregor's courage to like to link back to the moral, it's kindness. Cause even when he has his memories wiped, he just sees Mieber and, Wack just chilling in an alleyway. They look like they need help and he just offers it because he's a good person. And once the snowball starts rolling, like he's willing to sacrifice his life for them. Or at least it looks like he dies. But um, for these people, he's known for like hours, if even, just because he knows, as Chase said, it's the right thing to do. But in many ways, courage is, or being courageous is being kind. So, yeah. Absolutely. Ven, what are your thoughts on uh, Gregor and his character and what we see in this in this particular episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with uh, Scholar and uh, and Chase because doing like offering like showing courage and like like you guys said kindness and just offering it to like someone you barely know it's that's not exactly something like you can teach. It's just something that like is in you like no matter like who you are or, like how you're brought in like whether you're like programmed for a certain role or anything that's just showing like um just being like a decent like being itself it's it's very uh yeah i don't know how to explain it but again it's not exactly something you can teach it's just like who you are and then like and then basically um like him going from like this amnesiac dishwasher to like the guy we we will eventually know later on. It's uh, I think it gives him like new perspective, like from his time in the void up until like later on. Like basically, just how like uh, I don't know. Like if he ever meets anyone like in a similar like situation or path as him, like he'll know like how to help him out. Basically, at least that's what my head canon is because. 
eventually he does I'm sure well, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, but eventually he does make it make it back to the army. And I, I can't imagine that like especially going back into servers and being sent like everywhere, like there's no way you're not gonna see like somebody or something in like a similar like way that you were. And then basically like gives them a chance to like pay that kindness forward anyway and help them like find their home again, just like him basically. No, yeah, that, that's that's so totally true, and, and and it does give him a little bit more perspective than other clones because he uh, he he did have a former he did have a life, uh, from what he knew was just a dishwasher, like mm-hmm. he didn't know anything like that. So it kind of gives him the more humility to kind of maybe, um, relate to other uh beings and stuff like that. So it was it was great. Um, the void is very much like Jack Sparrow trapped in Davy Jones' locker. Absolutely, um, I, I think that's kind of what they got from from that for sure. Um, Char, your thoughts? Well, Gregor, I love that he's just there, and then Mieber and the uh, R two happen to just stumble across him while they were around a bunch of garbage, and they're just looking for food. And Gregor's just like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And then Mieber's like, you are a clone. And then I love that way he goes and he asks Borkus, like, uh, I was called a clone. Uh, I have no idea what that means, but I just found that out today. And Borkus is like, you, no more questions. Just go home. Go get some rest. And But he's, he's just here. And then hearing how he uh, ended up there, too, at the end of this episode is it's super uh super sad too hearing the events of what happens at the battle of sarish mm-hmm. and that it was one of the, the biggest republic losses of all time and just hearing him talking about how there were so many of his um fellow comrades just lying on the ground and that he just had to withstand all of that and he as he was depicted as someone who had amnesia and didn't remember that battle was what triggered that, that sense of memory, which brought him back to what he was. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Alana says it gives me the alone scene with Squidward. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of, uh, uh, Borkus, how does Borkus represent a small evil in the galaxy? How is his role different from the Separatists? Or are they the same? Borkus, like yeah, Borkus, <laughs> Borkus is interesting. Borkus is... Uh, I, think, I, think, I think that question is really good because it's a small evil in the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not a good person you know, but he's, you know, he's really more or less just looking out for himself. Um, and he's definitely isolated himself on Abafar, but it's one of those things. It's like, we all know that Borkus is not alone in this behavior. Uh, and so it's these small evils that are obviously pocketed throughout the galaxy. We see it here on earth constantly. You know, we've all had that boss, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that, you know, that mentor that just, didn't do didn't do it right um 
And so, but we know that that is like, has like a ripple effect. Like there's so many bad people doing this that it affects everything. And it, it definitely, I think it's different from the separatist because he thinks that he's, he's alone in this. Like, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm just a small person running a restaurant. It's like, no, it, it makes a difference. And all people like Borges make that difference up. And the separatist is just this huge government entity that is screwing everything up left and right uh for everyone um so yeah it's just like it's almost like a third player of like this independent evil uh percolating through the galaxy i find it so funny uh because when i was just re-watching the arc today i was trying to take borkus seriously because i know that he's a very um, bad person but his name is awfully close to Porkins, and it just made me laugh all the time. Because <laughs> like, how how do you? It's like Borkus and Porkins, and it's and he's just like this Russian Celestin dishwasher, and this guy that runs a diner. <laughs> he he's he's a bit of an a hole, but um, man, it's just so funny. Uh, just saying his name, just say it like a hundred times, and you just. Can't, you know, won't get used to it. You'll eventually slip up and just develop into Porkins, one way or another. <laughs> uh, Brooke says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm "I imagine, I imagine Porkins went to Borkus's diner one time. I mean, not implying anything there. Maybe. Uh, Ven, your thoughts on Borkus? Yeah. So his like small evil because like he basically just used Gregor for like his own gain." Or, like, no matter, like, how small or menial it may be. But if you really think about it, like, Gregor is, like, this extremely talented warrior for obvious reasons. I imagine, like, the co- the clone commandos are, like, the equivalent to, like, special forces like the SEALs or Delta squads uh, or anything you could think of. So that means, like, with Gregor at it, by keeping Gregor, like, for himself, he's basically, like, robbing, like, the... Yeah, the Republic of like an extra hand because these like like I said, these soldiers are extremely capable and like they can save like as many as like 10, 20 hundreds of lives. So like just imagine like how many more like civilians could have been saved or or felt or like clone brothers that could have come back home if Gregor like was there with them. So like so like um Borkins is like I see Borkins's actions as like a little ripple effect like you throw a little pebble into a river like no matter how small it is it'll still create ripples throughout like the entire ripple river which has like which will have an effect like it won't be immediate but if you look down like the history of like whatever event you're looking at you'll see that like it adds up like 10 lives that could have been saved become 20, 30, and so on. So, like, just imagine, like, all the good, like, that could have been accomplished had he, like, rehabilitated Gregor and sent him back to where he was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. That's a that's an interesting way to think about it. Absolutely. That, 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 that is it's a great way to think about it. Uh, Scholar. Yeah, I think for the purpose of this story, Gregor and and Borkus are very thematically opposites because as we were discussing earlier, Gregor, first time he sees someone in need, doesn't matter who it is, he goes to help him. But Borkus is the entire opposite where he sees Gregor need and his first in- instinct is to exploit him in the state, make him a dishwasher, not tell him anything about his past. 
regardless of him clearly being a very skilled warrior. And I think Ven's analogy there is perfect and not like just those little bits like evil acts, those very cruel, I would say, acts, like they do have a ripple effect and they can lead to more and more just badness and just kind of perpetuates this cycle of just not very nice actions or people. But regarding the separatists, it's like very different when the separatists are just the big evil. Obviously they're trying to blow up this entire conference, but it's like if you look at it, it's a still small evil. You still need to kind of think about it, take it out, like try to stop it because that's what allows the big evil to happen as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well said, both of you. Um, Chase, did you you answered it, right? I don't yeah. know what's going on with me, <laughs> yeah. but I am just like all over the place. It's just because of D-Squad. I tell You're you just what. so excited. You're just yeah, so excited, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Char, your thoughts on Borkus? Well, I already made fun of him for having a similar name from uh, to Porkins, so uh, <laughs> and that I can't get over the fact that uh, that Borkus is this Russian Celestin uh, <laughs> diner owner, yeah. and and every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. It's it's so funny because I see, like, it's just a weird comparison, but imagine at the end of Empire Strikes Back, Borkus is Vader and Luke is Gregor. And then he's just like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, <laughs> Well, um, obviously he's greedy. He wants, you know, to just people to forget about what's going on beyond them and just focus on him. And he's like, live a life where it's simple. And he's like, simple isn't good enough. And I'm like, that is such a good quote. Um, it's just especially with like the life that he's living. He's essentially a slave to Borkus. He just found him and then he just technically just claimed ownership over him. And I'm like, that's crazy. It's. Yeah. I'm glad that he like. It's like we talk a lot about clone individuality, but this is like, this this is like a whole other level of clone individuality. It's very very um, similar to uh, Cut Laquane. Yep. And uh, he's not a part yeah. of the military anymore, but he's finding individuality on his own. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. I don't know. I just kind of relates with um, both Cut and. Uh, Gregor, because they're not a part of the military anymore, but we talk about individuality within the army rather than outside of the army more often than none. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm Unless still you... alive. Hello there. <laughs> uh, Harris has come back. I've returned uh, to the Republic, uh, like Gregor should. Love the enthusiasm and Luke's well, voice there. Well, Luke are. is so happy that that's what <laughs> oh, no, I can tell. No, no, it's like it's it's, it's great. Um, so back, so back to the PowerPoint, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! I got back to the PowerPoint. Let's go. It, it, you're, you're you're getting great, to the very end of system. this. It's a great system, though. I love it. It, it, so, right. it works okay. really well. That's that's, that's, the, that's so the best part of it, though. We, it works I, really well. I, I don't want this to be a, a static uh, discussion. This should be more dynamic. Um, so, uh, I do have an issue with this episode, um, in particular, Ooh, uh, perhaps the archives are incomplete. 
and since we, I know that some people might be listening to this, I'm just going to read this passage out. Are you telling me that the best prequel era video game, Star Wars Republic Commando, features the best kind of clone trooper, and they made a whole animated TV show about clone troopers, and it takes them 100, yes, I counted, 100 <laughs> episodes to get a clone commando, and uh, no, Harith, them carrying a coffin doesn't count. <laughs> this show tortures you for 99 episodes of Anakin Skywalker being the good guy with these Darth Vader moments that make middle school bullies look like they're the scourge of the galaxy and then shows us clones who get shot by B1 battle droids nonstop. These are the same droids that Jar Jar Binks tripped over and took out an entire legion of, not to mention that D-Squad themselves regularly dispatches dozens of these droids as though it was some mild inconvenience that they were there. Meanwhile, Gregor over here saves and redeems the whole show in the span of seven minutes by being the <laughs> ultimate clone trooper who can only assume is dripping in <laughs> I can only assume that he hit himself over the head after the Battle of Sarish to forget about all the weak baby clones he was dealing with nonstop. I hate this show sometimes. So it's not, um, it's not so much the problem. Wait, so do you think that you have a problem Man. with the show or a problem with the arc? I have a problem with the show. Okay, no, one hundred episodes to get okay. a cool clone commando. Did I just? I kind of confused that. I thought I thought maybe show? you didn't like the sh this like, one part of the arc. I love I this. It's, it's, it's like it's Gregor just being like, "Oh yeah, I don't have amnesia anymore. I'm gonna go murder a thousand droids by myself." He doesn't miss a shot. Never. He doesn't miss a shot. Literally perfect. Oh my god. I, I just went from Duel of the Rings hot takes to this hot take. What is going on? <laughs> That's not hot. This isn't a hot take. That's facts. Okay. Oh it's objective. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Man. Okay. Uh, good night. I hope when. Hey, who? I mean, I'm just speechless now. Okay. <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah. I just. It's, uh, this is the Clone Wars, not, not, the, not the Baby Wars. <laughs> anyway, I anyway. Hate, I hate that I didn't realize that until you pointed it out. <laughs> Ninety-nine no episodes. episodes. Oh. There's, there's the one episode, Harith, that you pointed out last night. I, I appreciate it, but it is literally clone commandos looking super badass as they always do, and they're like, "Here's a dead <laughs> Jedi," <laughs> yeah. and then we don't see him again until this episode. I I and feel that I feel like I, I I feel like that's fair, Chase. Because look at what they did. They had somewhat cool arc troopers in two, the two thousand three Clone Wars, and they were sort of like the precursor to the Clone Commandos. But like they were like, like those. That's what I would have wished that we would have seen more of. If you haven't played like the the clone the Republic Commando game, like you should because like. It's a really good game in general, but it's like it, it makes the clones feel like a a team. Like you, the 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 squad that you follow in that game is like really really tight. They all have their own personalities, and but they're all badass. And they also make some of the droids way more terrifying. So it's like, yeah, I get that there was a younger audience involved, but like, come on, clone commanders no. are so cool. No, they are. Uh, sorry to cover Ven, but uh, <laughs> Haley. Uh, petitions for more PowerPoints on Pod One's podcast. Um, I I am not clever enough to make up something this fantastic, so I'm gonna have to say it's gonna be a no for me, dog. 
it's it's not it's, it's gonna not, be no, it's, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. Only only arc, for special yeah. arcs, like yes. the squads one in a million. Like there isn't another arc like it. But, I, um, I, yeah. I, maybe I, the Jar Jar Mace Windy arc. I think that deserves a bit more. And guess who else? Is, guess who else is on for that? I'll think about it. Oh man! Oh, oh come on! Man. You gotta do it again. You got to. So episode four point of no return. Char, hit us with the plot. That summary. is me. Okay. So. Let's move to the final episode of this. Wait, what was that? What was the reaction, Harris? I was like, are you are, are we getting what we're we getting? Go for Godfrey? Or are we getting? No, you, you missed. Game? No, you, you missed. missed Godfrey. Godfrey. You missed. No, Godfrey. I did two episodes of just pure Godfrey. How you did the dare wrong show. you? No, we you did, did the wrong show. All of us were doing Gilbert Godfrey voices. We all like gave our answers in Gilbert Godfrey voices. Did, did we? Did I at least? Did I miss Carl Weathers? Did I? Did I at least miss? Yeah. Him? Why yeah. the hell? This is a this is a loss. You did the wrong show. What yeah. Can I say? <laughs> yeah. But, you, you... Go ahead. All right. The final episode of this arc, season five, episode 13, point of no return. Mission accomplished. Colonel, Colonel Gascon and his droid squad steal an encryption module needed to crack a separatist code and stop sur- uh, an impending attack on the Republic. After surviving the void and escaping the hostile planet of Abafar, our heroes finally appear to be headed in the right direction. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, oh, wait, 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 what? Is that a one? Yeah, I'm giving you a one. That's the worst one I've ever heard in this entire show. Wow. wow. <laughs> Energy, but I will... Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't, I don't know if that's fair. That's not fair because he, hey, he, hey. he gave it his all for, hey, for Gilbert Godfrey the last two Luke. episodes. Luke. Yes. Yes, yes. So we're over here. We're giving this we're getting this masterpiece of a PowerPoint from Chase. We're all vibing. And then Harith wants to come in here right before my final plot plot summary and give me a one. <laughs> wow. If that ain't a buzzkill, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, that that's funny. Delicious. <laughs> 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 Uh, sorry I, I'm, I'm better than this also this has been my thing also i haven't been here for the other three this is just what i'm hearing for the fourth one char uh, so get it right uh, yeah i mean so right. yeah when i mentioned earlier that harith is my harshest critic yeah yeah there you go there we you all go. get why yeah so as the last episode of this amazing amazing arc um yeah, the, moral the, the moral of the story is you must trust in others or success is impossible so basically, we see the difference in this show quite often between the Republic and Separatists. But specifically, what are the differences between Republic and Senate droids? Or Senate droids, Separatist droids. Sorry. So, so b- before you ask that question, um, um, the moral you must trust in others or success is impossible, essentially, among us. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but. Uh, what is the difference between separatist droids and uh, republic droids? Chase. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think we what we see with the separatist droids, like let's just look at the B one battle droids and then like the super battle droids. Um, is they each have like they each have a collective personality. Like the B ones are all B ones, and then the B twos are all B twos, and then the Droidicas are all Droidicas. There's no differentiating those until we get to Mister Bones. Basically, we don't see that difference. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas 
when it comes to Republic droids, R2 is so different from even like Goldie, right? And way early in the show. Uh, it feels like every single one of the Republic droids is almost handcrafted in a way. Uh, they all look a little bit different. They move a little bit different. Um, we didn't see it like um, in Kenobi as well. Like when we see like there's a 3PO is there, but then there's another protocol droid and we just see the difference between the two. We see this throughout Star Wars. Whereas these mass produced, like totally disposable uh, B1 battle droids, B2 super battle droids, B- they're B2, right? Yes, yes, the B two battle droids. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Is it's just it's like there is there is just like a a very basic chip. It's very much like McDonald's versus like I don't know a gourmet restaurant, and the Republic is very much into the gourmet restaurant. Takes a little bit longer for him to come out. Uh, There's not as many of them, uh, but it's way better in the end. Uh, So yeah, like it's it's, there's also comparisons to societal. Hi, Cal. Uh, societal norms of like you know if you just buy like a regular mass produced item versus uh, someone like okay you you buy a mass produced t-shirt versus someone like far far away factory I would much rather have the far far away factory t-shirt than the uh, t-shirt far far away factory.com far far away factory.com yeah I think that I think that's the main difference is it it seems like there is an amount of care and, and customization and, and and more personality as well. Yeah, versus, you can't get that any other store. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, scholar. Um, I don't think there's really much else to add on top of that. I just think for storytelling purposes, it obviously makes sense why Israel is five thousand six hundred ninety miles away from the U.S. Eleven hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio. Our antagonistic droids have this kind of collective personality at best. Because it's really only the B ones that get that. Say if you look at the Droidicas or the Buzz Droids, like we see in this episode, they have literally no personality besides destroying. And it just makes sense for a kid's show that you have these antagonist antagonistic forces to get some action that just are just there for scrap, literally. But you obviously, our protagonist droids, you want them to feel 
like they're alive, like they're living, kind of like we were saying earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Van, what's the main difference between the separatists and the in the Republic droids in your eyes? Yeah, it's basically I'm just gonna double down on like what all you guys been saying. It's just like, just straight off the bat, like it's how they're treated, like with the Republic, especially like with Ana- in Anakin's case, which I s- see like the most extreme. Like the droids seem to be more of like companions rather as like on the separatist side, they're more like cannon fodder. And then like because of the mass production of them, like Chase said, like they're really just expendable. And I'm, I'm sure, I know that like um, a lot of like some select few on the Republic side do see the clones that way, but it's it's not to the degree as like as like the sep- how the separatists see, see their like um, especially the B one droids. So yeah, and then yeah, it's basically just companion versus fodder, essentially. Gotcha. That's all. That's always that's that, that's a good point to Harith or Char. Um, thoughts on the question? Uh, have anything really else to add? I mean, a lot of our both of all three of our guests have really done an amazing job with uh, explaining Harith can go ahead. and stuff. Like Is that. it just possible to retweet all three of them? <laughs> I think so. I think that's the move right now, honestly, because I mean, I and I, I say I haven't said this in a very long time. But back in the first season, you can just tell what the difference between the, the Republic and the Separatists are with their soldiers, droids. But when you bring it to a droid-droid conversation, it's a lot more – it's even more uh, endearing to see what the Republic does and how they treat their droids in a lot of small situations. Like even in Goldie's situation, Rex is like, all right, go ahead, get it done. You can do it. And then – you have other situations where Grievous is taking out Separatist droids and Dooku saying, uh, General, those aren't cheap. And it's just to see those comparisons, that can, the contrasting views on what they can do with droids is just so fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I mean, even just with the loss of BZ, um, like it's felt throughout, it's felt with Mieber and it's felt with the rest of D Squad. And then also towards the end, when R2 is in the wreckage, like, you know, and obviously Anakin and R2 have an established relationship, but it is Anakin's first response is like, get a salvage team out there now. Because um, it is, and, and Mieber says it multiple times, is like, we don't leave a droid, we don't leave a man behind. And he's talking about droids where, yeah, like the B1s, like if, if they lose a B1, that's just a, just make another one. Uh, yeah, it's it's the it's the Leia mentality. Just never underestimate a droid, and there's more to the droid that meets the eye. No, oh, yeah, absolutely, I, and it's very fitting for this arc because um, the last question of this episode, well, not of this episode, but we still have to get Char's three interesting facts in ranking the episode. Yeah, that's something the to segment. think about. We don't, we 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 don't really have an answer. Um, so this is more of a hypothetical question. Obviously, we know what happens to R2. But after the Clone Wars, what do you think uh, happened to each member of D-Squad? They are all conduits of the Force. And they are guiding <laughs> each character that we see in Star Wars in the background uh, as they are perfection. Um, and Mieber Gascon is... Um, is beating the crap out of all the 
characters from the Mortis arc. <laughs> wow. No, well, I think I think Mebergascom replaces the father, like the son daughter. Like he yeah, just I think becomes the, the, yeah. the oh. literally the embodiment of the force. Yeah. Man, man. Actually, if you want a serious answer, I genuinely really hope they come back in, like Bad Batch season two or season three. Like I want an arc of the Bad Batch having to help like Mebergascom defect from the Empire. Because I can't imagine me Bergascon's gonna be accepted in the Empire very much. Uh, hell no. Hell I no. want that. We, I think it'll be so fun. We already know. We well, if you've read Thrawn, we know the Empire's thoughts on on alien species. Yeah, exactly. With the one exception, with Thrawn, he's yeah. the one exception. And I feel like they, I feel like the Empire would be like, we have no more use of you. Like just like the clones, they would be phased out. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think they they're gonna like just clip him or whatever i like, don't know but the, the make you the make use of his like his skills for a time because that's basically what they did with the clones as well was just they kept them up until they could replace them fully so like, i agree with you there but i think me Brigascon's gonna hopefully realize that yeah. and take his crew out in time and they join say the early forms of the rebellion i'd like to see me Brigascon and chopper mate that'd be very cool yeah <laughs> I could I could totally see more I think the the most likely is I think in one of the live action shows you will probably will probably go into somewhere where there are quite a few droids and you will see D squad there um just as a background I could totally see something like that happen I think I think Lucasfilm as of late has been doubling down on stuff like that of like yeah. like um Absolutely. uh Master Sinube being in the tomb of just like yep. it's you un- even without seeing the clone wars you understand what's going on but if you have seen the clone wars like that scene will become it's a gut punch impactful. it's a gut um, punch. yeah absolutely so i could i could totally see in like ahsoka or uh even and or like you know something that's not necessarily totally related but just being like yep that's d squad right there and you know something you can lean over and be like that's d squad that's the best <laughs> part of star wars that's our creator <laughs> there yeah uh, then, where do you think uh, D Squad is now? Right now, I mean, I can't imagine they were retired after that little mission. So, I'm pretty sure like they were eventually like recycled into other roles until like until the rise of the Empire. My headcanon, honestly, like I want to see like all of D Squadron Gascon together with like uh, Wolf, Gregor, and Rex in like the Rebels time period. And okay. just have like one 30 minute episode of them just doing a mission together and just failing upwards the entire time. And then they just go back to base and be like, how the, how the hell did we do this? Or we're successful at this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or another head cannon, like after like their little mission, R2 just tells them about the spa he was like bullshitting at while trying to get some fruit for Padme. And, <laughs> yeah. and they just hung around there until the empire. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, yeah, seriously, like, I can't imagine they were, they were just like re- retired or decommissioned after their little mission. So, what, like, the exact roles they'd be doing, I haven't thought that out just yet. But, I mean, with with little droids like these, like, I can't. Im- I'm sure they're just too stubborn to like not do anything if they're anything like R2. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Harith Char, I have I have I have sadistic headcanon. 
Oh Jesus! Here we go. Well, um, all I know is that they are probably—they probably were at the Battle of Exegol and all survived, and were at the party in Asian cloths. So, you know. Totally the route I was going with it. Totally the route. I'm yeah. definitely not going the route of Mirogastar is definitely part of the exemption with Maul and Ahsoka. Got Order sixty six because Sad Filoni flashbacks, and then all the droids get controlled Rebel style, like well, in season three. Well, actually, Harris, you must understand this. So, the, in the Imperial hierarchy, it goes Tarkin. No, it goes Vader. Tarkin, Palpatine, and then Meeper Gascon. Ah, clearly, definitely. It's totally not headcanon he, at all. He's the emperor above the emperor. Uh, ah, he's the emperor above the emperor. Interesting. interesting. It's totally not Order 66 wiped out because he's the emperor. So, the last episode, the last PowerPoint slide. Chase, thank you again for doing this. This of has course. been a, a, a breath of uh, uh, a breath of fresh air. I'm happy to do anything for D Squad. Um, <laughs> um, as I'm learning how Microsoft PowerPoint works, uh, there's not a lot. We've talked pretty extensively um, about all four episodes. Uh, so there's not too much to do. I just want to take a, a moment of silence um, for BC. <laughs> you aren't being very silent. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, BZ is <laughs> one of the greatest. Droids Pour one all. out. Pour one out. <laughs> um, but on top of that, let's. I think the main main reason that B Squad is top tier, um, simply put. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the listeners, Chase, would you like to read that? Uh, I think that Bieber Gascon and Gregor would make a fantastic couple. Uh, fantastic is a thing. There's definitely that something has been the D Squad PowerPoint presentation. There's definitely a mounted tragedy you could do there. Everybody, give him a round of applause. That, 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 that's great. It's literally the least I could do for D Squad. Oh man, just that's just fantastic, fantastic work, fantastic work. All right, so Char, head us with your three interesting facts. All right, this little segment. All right, three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part 31, D-Squad edition. Fact one, the markings on Gregor's helmet. Clone Commando Gregor's helmet markings are based on the hash marks that Boston Bruins goalie Gary Sheever stenciled on his mask to denote the stitches he would have gotten had he had not been wearing protective gear. Fact 2. Um, Arbesh signs translated. Um, other bizarre signage in Pons Aura, the town on Abafar, is the Admiral Snack Bar... Uh, sign that says it's a frap on the top <laughs> Lando Capes Dr. Evazon Cosmetic Surgery Abafar Junior DeJeric Club uh, and it also says no Wookiees on the side because um, obviously you want your arms and then also says Game Go and Adopt a Wampa and, and fact three this might get a little uh, sad I saw a few comments about this in the chat fact three an homage to an angel KT uh, QTKT is inspired by R2KT, a pink astromech droid created by Star Wars fans in tribute to Katie Johnson, daughter of Albin Johnson, founder of the 501st Legion. 
if you're not aware of Katie Johnson, she, uh, like I said, she's the daughter of Alvin Johnson. Uh, she uh, she, brain she cancer, passed right? away in or... 2005 from terminal uh, brain cancer. Yeah, and um, it, it's hard to say this without choking up a little bit. But um, the droid who is now dedicated to the memory of the late Katie makes appearances at children's hospitals to promote and to spread awareness on pedi- uh, pe- uh, pediatric illnesses. <laughs> Sorry. Um, though R2KT previously appeared in the Clone Wars movie, QT is a separate droid to avoid having two droids named R2 on the same mission. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about the D-Squad arc. Absolutely. Absolutely. D-Squad never ceases to amaze and impact the world in amazing ways. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So... To end this episode of the Pod Ones podcast, I will go around and ask each guest what their ranking is. Uh, but first, Scholar, I'll, I'll start with you first, Scholar. Where can the good people find you on social media? And uh, what's your ranking of this arc or episode? So I'm, I don't make content. I'm radio silent virtually on everything. I just interact with the community on discord mainly so if you for some reason want to talk to me then join the server and <laughs> um, i guess instead i just want to say that this community is very cool like the fact that we can sit here and watch chase just make a very very good and touching powerpoint on the squad is amazing and um, say over covid and everything that's happened it's been a, a lovely i guess break from that but um if you want my serious ranking of it, I genuinely think it's Jedi Master. Because I think, obviously, it doesn't necessarily fit in very well with, say, the overarching plot threads of Clone Wars. Like, it doesn't really contribute to any of the films at all. But it does represent, I think, what makes Star Wars special. In that it's just meant to be stupid and silly, but still have these very touching like elements to them, very human universal qualities that anyone can understand nice 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 then what's your ranking of the episode and where can we find you on the social medias so you guys can find me as ven underscore skywalker across instagram tiktok and twitter although instagram content's kind of lacking so i'm going to be working on that uh for the arc itself i'd also put it at jedi master like it's uh, like uh, yeah, like you guys said, it is a little goofy and can't be at some points, but that's honestly good for like for kids, especially who will grow up with this, because it shows that like even like the smallest or like uh, what's the word? Like you don't you don't have to be like a great warrior to like make a difference. Make a difference, basically. So like even like the smallest or simplest actions or being like. Just like not what anyone expects. Like you can like you can do like great things and then you'll see the effects of it like in the long run. So and I like the like I like also like the ex- extra emphasis we get on the droids because it just shows like how capable they are. Because I think the only the only real like astromech content we got prior to the Clone Wars itself was like when they were saving Padme's ship when they were running away from Naboo. Yes. So, you know, like pour one out for all the the astromechs that got blown up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got. 
And Chase, where can the good people find you? And what is your ranking of this arc? Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere on social media at Forward Into the Black. You can also find me once a month on Rogue Council with Xanatos1138. And I don't see fully ascended being in the force on this ranking list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will, I will genuinely give this arc. I know we've had a lot of fun. I will genuinely give this arc a grandmaster because I think it is this arc. When I so I, I've said this multiple times on, on the podcast. Like I finished the Clone Wars all the way through for the first time this year, and watch. I was working at my last job, watching this on my phone, and I think I talked to you, Hareth Burst. It was like D Squad was so good. And then, like, I found out that no one likes this arc. Um, and I was like, it's such a breath of fresh air in the Clone Wars because I think it tells a fantastic story. I think you, I think it, I think narratively it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But I do think, like, just where it fits, hello, cat, where it fits <laughs> in, in, in the Clone Wars, everything going on and everything that's about to happen. Because uh, we basically go off, right off of, uh, Onderon, which is super deep, super serious. We go after younglings, fairly deep, but very interesting storytelling to, to D Squad. And then we're going to go into very serious things coming up, um, like mm -hmm. with Mandalore. Is Mandalore in the season? Yeah. Yes. It's yes. The mall that's stuff next. That's up. next week, actually. So the pacing of this arc, sandwiched in between everything that happens with Maul and what happens with Ahsoka coming up, uh, I think is perfect. Um, I think it is that breather you need to deal with the stuff that's about to happen. So I think just a great series of episodes that's super enjoyable, super funny, and super heart heartfelt, but also like the perfectly paced episode for this season. No, absolutely. Um, Harith, thanks for joining us. Uh, what's, what's your ranking of the arc? I'm committing to the bit here. Grandmaster, baby. Let's go! Oh my god. So <laughs> good. You're fitting. You're, you're, uh... Grandmaster Arc, let's go, baby. You're already outvoted. You're already outvoted. Um, Charge. Well, I'm going to give this one a year. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to give this one a Jedi Master. Uh, simply because of the fact that just who would have known that four, um, five droids, four droids, four droids, and a, an eight inch tall man could work so well and it's like their dynamic was super fun and that the droids were the most effective part of this episode it gives new light to the meaning of droids are more than just machines so i give this one a jedi master <sighs> what's your ranking outvoted. like luke you've been outvoted so yeah you know. i got my hand hovering over that leaf studio i don't want you to know that you know you fucked this up you know you know <laughs> after <laughs> would you just let me talk god damn it i genuinely i what re-watching this and seeing all those small little uh, nuances and stuff like that. Well, just writing these cr uh, questions with Alanis mostly. By the way, she writes all of our questions. Not even going to try to hide that or anything. Wow, but when we were better. we were watching we were watching the arc, it was it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to 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 watch this. Um, 
But now after listening to you all passionately talk about this arc, especially Chase and, and Scholar, um, it was a young lane. But I would have to agree with all of the great things that it does. I would say it's Jedi Master. I will give it a Jedi Master. I feel like this is progress. This is like real progress. This this yeah. character development for Luke. Yeah, yes. it's still it's still not my one of my favorite arcs. If it's, I mean it's one, it's one that I I will probably still skip because that's just. Me. But you do see Anakin get a little angry. That's right. Yeah, that, so that like, was nice. That was nice. Yeah. So I did just, get to see a little bit. The last that five I minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Harris, uh, uh, where can we find you on the social medias? You can find me uh, every week here on Thursday again because I, I just got to get used to this habit of this. Every yeah. every Thursday going for our Clone Wars arc by arc. Next week we're talking about Maul's Ascension of Power and it's going to be... I just looked up and I was like, oh my god, it is the 50th episode for Pod 1. Yes. So it's a big deal. Big, yep. big deal. Big deal. Come hang so, out with us. 50 episodes. Obviously, um, next no, week or tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, Kenobi episode 5. We're having that round table. Oh, so oh. obviously you got to advertise that. Then, if you want to find me on social media, if you really care about me, you, um, you can find me on Hair Productions on TikTok and Hair Edits on Twitter or Hair Underscore Edits on Twitter. Jar, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Good people, you can find me on TikTok at Char Char J as listed there's, right here. But the there. ranking oh, thing is still on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. There yeah, bring my go. name back. There yeah, that, that's it go. right there. there uh, and you can find me on the Pod Bonds podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Clone Wars rewatch. Next week we'll be talking about the Shadow Collective arc, right, or the 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 Lawless arc. The yes, the, Maul Ascension arc. The, the Maul Ascension, yes, the Maul Ascension arc. My favorite arc. I forget, I forget the name about it, but uh, yeah, we'll be watching that next week. And you can find me here every Friday night as we cover our Kenobi Round Table, which tomorrow we'll be having a very long conversation about this week's episode because there's a lot of good stuff. Yep, yep, absolutely. And you can follow uh. Me at the Pod Ones Podcast on TikTok, Pod Ones Podcast on Twitter, and the Pod Ones Pod on Instagram. Like my other two guests, have, uh, not guests, but co hosts have said, um, Roundtable tomorrow, Chapter Five. If you haven't watched our reaction, Chapter Five reaction, go like it, go support us. It's a great reaction um so i mean just just what you would expect if you haven't seen it yet if you want to watch luke uh, yell and like that's like, just luke. crazy we, like all a five of us were screaming all five ten... of us were <laughs> well he was mainly yeah no like, it was like all five of us though. I, I was editing if you want to watch if you want to watch luke um go crazy like a 10 year old kid watching this episode go ahead and watch our reaction no yeah absolutely um uh, obviously you can find us here every thursday uh um every thursday uh doing our clone wars rewatch we will be starting rebels in september so rebel stands be ready your 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 time is coming you have you yes. sat through 50 episodes of the clone wars your time and also, is coming in september that'll be my one year on pod ones yes hey. yep so uh 50 episodes uh, i i it's, it's crazy that we're getting this far into it um we couldn't be doing this without everybody here, everybody that supports us. Um, but uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, for Light and for Life. We are all the Republic. And may the Force be with you. Always. Always. See you guys. 
Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof. Not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. 